Hello and welcome to a brand new season of the FPL Hangover podcast where we raise the bar in order to tone all things FPL related. We are back after the summer holidays. It is a brand new season, a new logo, same old overly long introduction, but we are here. We are back in the studio. Everything's starting to feel a little bit more familiar and we're going to run through, uh, you know, all the usual shit. What's what's in store for Season 4 of the FBL Hangover? Here to help me make some bit of sense of that is my podcast partner in crime, Seamus. How are you getting on, my friend? Yeah, good, good. Good to be back. This is weird. Thanks this, for having this me. This is weird. Thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, well, I mean, how long has it been? What's it, Like, we did the Hangover Awards at the end of the last season. But before that, like, this yeah. is the first pod in God knows how long. It's just you and me. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a long uh, overdue one because, as I said, I did return near the end of the season for a single episode. Um, but yeah, just me and you. Um, Patty couldn't be here tonight. I don't think no. you said so. Patty said, "Go fuck um, yourself, Seamus." I'm not sharing a spotlight <laughs> with you anymore. I thought it was a little unprofessional, but that's where we are. Yeah, a little bit over top. It's all that seawater. Yeah, uh, it's driven it mad. Getting into it's driven it yeah. absolutely mad. Sea madness. <laughs> That's what they call it. No, but in all seriousness, uh, Paddy uh, will be back throughout the season. He is a full-time Hangover crew member now. Uh, we said that on Twitter, but I suppose that doesn't really matter if you only listen you to us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's not around tonight. But this is just a preseason pad. This is just kicking a bit of dust off, rust, dust, whatever way you want to put it. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm delighted to... To get a sneak peek at your team anyway, Seamus, regardless of, of uh, the podcast. That's what it's about. Um, yeah, try and get those drafts in. I've started tinkering a bit more this week. I did up my team to get my, whatever, my uh, user ID, like when it launched, just like did an autocomplete team. Then I did like one draft. That literally sat there till maybe last week. Then I did kind of, uh, or maybe this week, and then I... Did a couple of moving around the fringes, and uh, today I've looked at a few without clicking the confirm or button. I've done a few. What would it look like if I wanted to get, you know, four a tree up top? What if I wanted to play five in midfield? What if I wanted to get Sun in there? What you know, things like that. But I, I still have a lot more tinkering to do. Yeah, well, I mean, what are we? We're less than two weeks away from the FPL deadline, so it's kind of entering that <clears> stage <throat> now where you want to have a bit of fun because, you know, once it starts, it's the same for the show, uh, but it's like once it starts, it's, you know, pretty straightforward. This is how you, you know, kind of want to be approaching it every week. Is super serious? Is it a green arrow? Is it a red arrow? But right now it's, you know, a bit of fun. Like, can you... How many 4.5s can you get into that midfield? How many playing 4.5s can you get into that midfield? But uh, how do you feel about it starting pretty early? Like, this is our first pod, so, you know, we're kind of really just kind of getting to, you know, talk to each other about our impressions of the season as a whole. But, like, this thing has been back since, what, like the middle of July or... No, even earlier? Like, it's been back Yeah, it came, Yeah, it came back too soon, didn't it? It came back in the middle of the Euros, I believe. And... Yeah, no one was really asked because the Euros were on and the Euros was great and it was great to get the break. But like, yeah, honestly, there's no need to bring it back that early. For a start, it has all these kind of things like you set players' prices and then, you know, what if somebody transfers to a different team? Then you're kind of like, well, this guy's completely underpriced or overpriced now. Um, What's the point of that? So... Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of transfers don't happen to late in the day. But so it yeah, make no, that much of a difference. That was one of the criticisms I heard about it. Was like, you know, if you're setting the prices that early, is it is it too early? Like, is it to the detriment of the game? And yeah, I think there's definitely an argument to be made. Um, I don't know. Uh, I suppose who gives a shit now at this stage? We we didn't go too mad on it. Like, I kind of feel like as a as someone who, you know, does a podcast and does uh, a show on it, like, I would have liked to have been back earlier, but there was just a part of me that was like, man, I can't do, I can't come back that early and have another 40, minimum 40 episode season after it, you know? It's like, no, 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 I need a break. Well, imagine, imagine we were back two weeks ago or something like that, and we're talking about get this player in, get that player in, and then they get injured. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could still happen like that, 
you know, Mof Salah gets injured here in a preseason friendly. Well, probably not that, but you know, something could happen. COVID could happen. You know, somebody could transfer out of the league. You know, say Harry Kane doesn't go to Man City, he doesn't stay at Spurs, say he goes to you know Paris Saint Germain. Not gonna happen, like, but imagine something like that happening. Then it's like we've just got to rip up all our plans. So there's no point in kind of making too many plans that early. This is a good kind of time to start making changing our teams because you want to be able to react and kind of know, well, oh, maybe I'll go back to that time I was looking at, you know, having three heavy hitters in midfield or having, you know, a couple of heavy hitters up top or going big in defense. And you can kind of go, yeah, I have a couple of drafts set up like that. And you don't have to think about it as long. So, uh, yeah, now is the time to be thinking, I think. So I think it's a good time to go back. I'm with you. I think, like, it was. I was definitely getting a bit itchy. I know, like, you know, we're in a few group chats and it's just like, I was kind of putting the feelers out there a week or so ago. I was like, are people tinkering with their teams? Because, you know, I'm seeing a lot of things that I want to mess with. And I bit the bullet, or no, I, I, you know, I, I stayed away from it for a while. But, like, eventually, I think this weekend, I was like, nah, fuck this. I have a show to do in two or three days. I need to actually start messing with my team and getting a bit more kind of familiar with the fixture layout and whatnot and uh yeah hopefully it works out because we do have a show for you um we've got a load of new shit what's new this year we're gonna have a look at our current drafts and uh yeah i think that's about it we're gonna come back next week as well we'll do a game week one preview and that'll obviously kind of have a far more finite or not final, but you know, definite version of uh, of our teams. Um, but for this week, we're just going to shoot the shit a little bit, kind of take it back, uh, old school in terms of you know, not really knowing what the fuck we're going to talk about. But before we get into the nitty gritty of it, I would like to welcome anyone who's new and who's checking out the Hangover for the first time. Welcome anyone that's come back. Thank you. I don't know what we did to make you come back, but we're more than happy to have you here. Um, what's new for the season, Seamus? We were chatting about this off air. Not a whole lot. I've rejigged the logo a tiny bit, but I mean, the structure of the show is still going to be here. It's going to be myself, Seamus, maybe a, a bit of Paddy if he can... You know, managed to finagle his he- his heavily, you know, organized schedule. That's right. We're not bitter at all about that tonight. But uh, there'll be a few of us floating around. Hopefully, there'll be a couple of more voices coming in as the season progresses. Um, I suppose the biggest news for us as a show is that the whole fantasy football scout affiliate thing, um, that's kicked off this year. Anyone that was tuning in last year will know that we were. Um, part of the Fancy Football Scout Academy, which was kind of class. We got to, um, you know, give our opinion on little bits of articles and, you know, kind of see what other content creators were out there. But this year it's gone all, um, you know, classic. Here is your here is your passcode and we want you to promote the website. And I'm more than happy to do so because <laughs> like we i'll be stealing it feels like i can legitimately put the, the fixture ticker up now and you know start talking about stats it's like oh okay so we're okay grand i can do this without feeling like i'm actually robbing someone else's work are you you had uh, you had a thing last year where you didn't really want to put up you kind of referenced it like oh this is coming from the scout but i could sense a reticence of you for you to actually use some of the stuff there without that yeah. affiliation. So I think, I don't know, I suppose I'm just a little bit paranoid about stepping on people's toes and shit, and I'm like, well, I didn't work for this, so I don't know if I should show it. But either way, this year it is going to be all uh, above board, and there is a code in the description below if you want to go and uh, set up a membership with Fancy Football Scout. They have a whole brand new members section that's kind of been rejigged. It looks pretty class. I'm still working around it, but you'll see it as the season progresses. But that'll help support the show. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is feels like we're actually doing a real podcast now that I have to to basically shill for my corporate overlords. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been using it. Well, I don't know about you exactly, but I've definitely been using it for maybe 10 plus years. Uh, I could show you my, my screen now and I have an FPL bookmarks. Uh, folder and like there's there's whatever eight or nine different bookmarks in it but at the top it's fancy football scout and underneath it it's fancy premier league you know like that's always just been the way i think mainly because fancy premier league's just usually open on my fucking browser anyway (laughs) but like it's in the top two so for me those two kind of go hand in hand but uh yeah that's just um being up front that's kind of what's new this year there's also the classic mini league is back that's there the codes on the screen for ye audio files the mini league code is pc 
0861. So politically correct, 0861. And um, yeah, no, I think that's about all of the new things. I suppose. Ken, Ken Corbley won that last year, is that right? He did. Correct he did. That? I was wondering how long I would have to go before I left. I apologize for not sending him out his cup yet. But uh, they are beside me. And you've passed... Look, yeah, I can tell. You've passed me along. Usually that's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> Usually that's my fault. Well, it's mine now. I have the cups. It's mine now. Well, you have yeah. two of them. I He's due to... Due to... And uh, I think there's a bunch of other merch we've been looking at this year that I just want to start throwing at people. Like um, some beer mats, some, you know, pins. Just stupid shit that's like, oh, here's money. Put my... Put, like our logo on it and uh, I can just we can start handing them out so hopefully just send it to the four corners of the world that's the plan that's the plan start like sticking stickers on you know bathroom stalls and, and poles and all that stuff old school um, you know that's that's kind of what we're approaching but yeah the mini league is there scouts there and uh, the rest of it is just me and you Seamus me you Paddy whoever uh, else we managed to finagle into yeah, whoever else we managed to finagle into the podcast, we're going to be running through some some tips, advice, the usual kind of shit. I suppose I'm kind of rambling now because I'm like, what, do I need to say anything else? You are, come on. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, I just was like, do I need to do uh, you know something for anyone that knew? But sure, no one knew listens to this. It's only... No. Scholars and madmen, but let's break it down, Seamus. How have your drafts been coming along? Where, what are you sticking with now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how we had a bit of a word. I, I fucking you and me, we fucking playing this so long. I, I know how you play. I we we mentioned it here. Did you do your draft the same way? <laughs> but uh, first thing I did was I picked out players that I wanted in my team. They're going to be must-haves, you know. So that was basically Fernandez and Salah. We're straight in there. There's a, something to be said about, yeah, maybe I don't want Fernandez or maybe I don't want Salah. But I went down that route last year and it ended disastrously. Uh, and I went without Salah. I went with Mane. That did not work. Um, I don't want to be booking in transfers um, if I can avoid it. So Salah and Fernandez are straight in. Until I see evidence otherwise that they're no good, I'm not going to try and rejig my team to get those in because they're they're highly priced. You know, imagine trying to... like. Go from Sun up to Fernandez and trying to find an extra two million from somewhere. That's not a problem I want to fucking deal with. So, so they're straight in. So the first thing you've uh, kind of touched on there, sorry to cut across here, but it's like it's something I'm, I suppose I'm seeing around the place. It's not something I'm overly concerned with because I'm. I think everything you said there is is uh, nail on the head. But Bruno, Bruno, yes, that seems to be the kind of the thing going around Bruno Fernandes yeah Bruno Bruno or Bruno Fernandes yeah exactly uh, you're you're banging on him you're straight you're going for it I'm with you I think it's a bit of a no-brainer what do you make of the argument against it I think it's a bit silly um, he was the top point scorer last year yeah there was a trail off at the end, towards the end of the season the man was fucking exhausted played probably 50 odd games yeah. you know um and yeah, he uh, he was playing in the Euros, but he's had a break. And this is a man who you know has said he'll play every game he can. Um, he still is on set pieces. You know he's going to jam a penalty here or two. You know we saw it with Salah when Salah wasn't playing well in previous seasons, he'd have penalties taking him over. Penalties seems to happen quite a lot at the start of the season. At least they did last year, and then you know tail off as the referees get up to speed, I guess. So I can see there being penalties at the start. Um, they're playing Leeds in game week one. Didn't they score six goals against them last year? They didn't. Yeah, Leeds have improved a bit, you know, and gotten a bit stronger at what they do. Um, yeah, I, I can't see any reason why you wouldn't want them. I think I think part of the argument is when are you going to captain him? Um, you know, in his first, you know, five or six games, you know, because the games he has decent fixtures in, I think Salah has decent fixtures in. But no, you want both. You, you don't just because you want both at the points. If Salah is banging him in and so is Fernando, I've got one. You want both of them. So yeah, they're it's a simple. If I try to get another heavy hitter in there like Kane or Son or someone like that, it will be in addition to them, but it will be the detriment of other parts of my team. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even disagree with you there. Like, I mean, I'm try. I pl- I play devil's advocate as you said. Like the captaincy. Um, that I've seen a few people shouting about how you know, oh well, you know, play, paying twelve million or whatever it is for a captain, somebody not going to captain, 
is it worth it blah 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 oh look how much more you can spread out the funds if you don't have Bruno I don't know any time I see that doesn't have Fernandez or Salah in it I've instantly kind of gone mm, they're the first two names on my team sheet on saying that I think one of the very first lessons I learned on on the show like kind of once we started kind of paying attention to you know more than just um, you know a website it was like listen to so many more voices one of the first things I kind of took from it was like oh wait no one is essential like I 100% agree with that you can easily not have a Fernandez in your team and do just as just as, as well but I don't know if I can talk about why you shouldn't <laughs> you know I think you'd be extremely lucky if you didn't have a Fernandez and you did just as well but uh, all signs are pointing towards him yeah, and I don't really kind of get why people are, you know, saying oh Salah's essential, but Bruno isn't. Salah, Bruno got more points than Salah last year, you know. Um, and I think you know Bruno having had a proper summer. Well, I say a proper summer's rest, but certainly he would have had probably more rest than the previous season. You know, where there was very very little time off between him. Um, I think he'll get the ground running. I think he'll be, you know, he'll have like ten goals by you know christmas by game week 18 or whatever so maybe more plus assists you know he's he's expected assists which is not really a great stat anyway but he creates a lot of chances so i think he's uh he's i think you know him and salah are going to be the front runners for top point scorers this season having him in my team after yeah, that no after that then you know there was obviously my team i went in and threw in a couple of 4.5s um Put in my goalkeepers. I, I said, look, let's start off with the the tried and trusted four point five plus four million keeper options, um, and then try to go with. Oh yeah, I think I went, another must have was the Liverpool defender. I went with Robertson, even though I really want Trent. Just it's what way I landed on it. Um, after yeah, that, then it was. A, oh yeah, I have a few of your drafts up here, and you know, for the ones watching, you'll see me kind of scrolling through them, and for those listening, like you know, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll bring up some of the major talking points, but that is something that stood out was that in, I think you sent me four drafts today, four rough uh, drafts, and Trent wasn't in a single one of them. Um, yeah, I mean, that's very well, by no means complete, but like it is, yeah, sure. I had Robertson in all of them, I think. So you I, did. Well, you had Robertson, or there was a Van Dyke in there, like there was always Liverpool cover, yeah. but I was just like, I was surprised because I was like, whoa, he's not like just underneath Salah and Fernandez for you? Um, well, I think Robertson kind of will do just as well to kind of cover him. I mean, I, I do expect Trent to have more points, but, you know, for 0.5 difference, not drastically more. I'm never going to captain Trent. I'm never going to captain Robertson. So if I can't, if I need to make a 0.5 saving somewhere, it'll be going for Robertson over Trent. Or if I need to save another 0.5, it'll be going Van Dyke over Robertson probably. Uh, there is a question mark about Van Dyke because he's just come back from serious injury and there's drafts out there that include Robertson and um, and Alexander-Arnold but at the minute you know, I didn't actually send those on because there's a, then I've got to figure out what to do with the rest of my team so yeah uh, just like a Liverpool defender but it's the way the drafts I sent you on I needed an extra point five, so Trent was Robertson yeah well I mean like I'm one of those uh, drafts with uh, both Robertson and Trent can I ask you a serious question for a second when you hear the word drafts do you think of giraffes because like <laughs> all I hear is giraffe no, no. no. just me um, can't, can't say that I do I don't really have a witty comeback so, for that I wasn't trying that? to get one that was just an honest to god question I just, just keep pitching giraffes and I'm just like I don't really use the word drafts. I mean, I see it on yeah. Twitter a bit. What do you call um, it? Which is kind of why it's in my lexicon now a bit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess... I don't really call it anything. It's like, you know, version one, version yeah, two. Yeah, I guess you know? when you're looking at, like, uh, how do I have title this fucking thumbnail? Then you kind of go, well, it's not my team. So it's not a team reveal. So it's a draft. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. It's just like, oh, look, because yeah. that's the new buzzword at the moment is uh, team reveal. You know, yeah. It's... it's I think if I was listening to more preseason pods, I'd be hearing people saying draft more and maybe with a certain accent that might sound like giraffe, whereas I'm reading it in my head, it's not I'm reading it too, and I just keep picturing drafts. I just keep keep (laughs) fancy Premier League giraffes going around the place. They changed the tiger to a giraffe. That's a game I want to play. But no, 
play that game. I do have uh, I do have my my own giraffe on the uh, screen, and yeah, I've gone with Robertson and Alexander at the moment. Uh, it's kind of it's it's. It just it makes the most sense for me looking at Liverpool's fixtures. Um, like that's kind of one of the things we were going to focus on, and like what teams were looking at, and what teams you know, because when you at the start of the season you want to approach this, um, from a bit more of a kind of a broader spectrum. Would you agree? You want to kind of be looking at it a bit more simple. What yeah. are the big players that are going to do well, or that you know expect to do well based on, you know, proven uh, records and you know, what are the teams that you expect to do well as well, you know, kind of fixture-wise, what teams are to avoid. And then everything after that, you start getting more information because right now we don't have any information. Uh, It's not the same as last season. It's a new season. And, you know, that's going to get gathered as it goes along. So we were kind of looking at teams to target, teams to avoid. I think Liverpool are probably... Yeah, they're they're the most targetable. Would you agree? Like, they've got a a run of Uh, Norwich, Burnley... Chelsea, Leeds, Crystal Palace, Brentford, City, and Watford in the first eight. Like that's pretty tasty. Yeah, it's them or it's it's them or United, uh, which is why I find it odd. You know, if we're kind of going, oh yeah, target United, target Liverpool. Why would you be going without Bruno? Um, yeah, I mean they've got a new player there, United Sancho, which would be very interesting to have in the team. Um, you know, he's on my watch list, but he's unproven. You know, I'm not going to go banking on him in game week one and then realize, oh, he's going to need time to settle. Um, I assume he's, I'm not assuming anything. I'm hoping he's going to do well, but Leeds is a, a tough enough opening fixture. Yeah. Um, so, you know, especially the way like Bielsa has them doing uh, murder ball training. So they're going to be like the sharpest team in game week one, I think, out of all the teams, um, fitness wise at least. Um, if United aren't up to, Scratch from the off, they could be a goal or two down. Southampton away, then and Wolves away, and Newcastle home are three lovely games. Um, so that's where they could do well. But yeah, um, I if I was going to have so the likes of uh, Sancho yeah. or you know Martial or whoever, I'm not not that I'd advocate Martial, but I would. I am considering strongly Cavani. Um, it would be for the the opening run of games, uh, but it would be alongside Bruno, not instead of yeah. So you're like. I mean, I'm with you. I think between Man United and Liverpool, it's kind of they're the two teams I'm targeting. Uh, with Man United's opening fixtures, I think that Leeds game is, you know, it it could go like I don't. I I honestly am not gonna be able to predict a score. I'm hoping yeah. for goals. I'm hoping that's like four three United or something like that. Something good for fantasy because you know another player I have in my team and I think you have in your team. I was looking at it there is mm-hmm. Rafina. And, you know, he's in there because you just looked at him and went, that's underpriced. Give me that because that's not going, that shouldn't be that price. That should be 7.5 yeah. or 8. Do you actually million. think he should um, be 7.5? Like, or? I think so. I think so. I mean, I don't think he's got a full set of stats behind him. I know people are like, oh, Harrison scored more points than him last year. And that's true. But like, look at the minutes played. He only played 2,358 yeah. minutes. He still got six goals, 10 assists. He had, a, he had a bit of an injury at one stage. He joined the league late. So you're not comparing... Apples with apples, you know, you're, it's apples and oranges here. So you gotta, you got to consider that. And I think over the course of the season, he'll outscore Harrison. And, yeah. The, yeah. The reason I, um, I, think the he's reason got, I ask you is just because like, I'm with you. He was like one of the first names in my team sheet. But, you know, it's one of those names that you come back after two or three weeks and then you go, oh, you look at it again, you go, you know what? Man United, Everton, Burnley, Liverpool, ugh, like United, Everton, Liverpool in their first four. I was kind of like, is that great? And then I was kind of, you know, I was I was wavering. Was that like I'm, I then I just went straight back to him. I was like, no, just kind of don't let yourself overthink it a little bit. I think that's important. But like, is there anything to be said for Leeds having a tough run of fixtures and then all of a sudden, Rafinha, who, you know, if he doesn't deliver in against Man United and Everton or Liverpool, you wouldn't necessarily on any other stage of the season you wouldn't necessarily get him out. But all of a sudden, that's three of the first four games he's blanked, and his price is going to start dropping because he is—he's relatively well owned. I think at the moment he's twenty-two percent. Twenty-two percent owned. It looks yeah, like three ducks now. The start of the season is where it's most volatile with transfers and price rises up and down. Um, mm. You know, both directions. So you've got people wildcarding as well. People are more engaged. That might drop off after you know as the season goes on. So yeah, there's definitely a risk that if he blanks against United and blanks against Everton, that he could he probably could be seeing a price decrease there and then. 
Then he blanks against Burnley. You could see lots of transfers out for Liverpool. But I mean, if he does anything in those games, he'll keep ticking along. And I can't imagine people getting rid of him after Liverpool when he's got Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves, Norwich. He's a sort of kind of long-term hold. And now that you've mentioned that you've highlighted it to me, I do feel like, you know what? Maybe you don't need him in your game week one squad. I'm sorry, you've actually kind of put a cast a bit of doubt on mind. I'm like, maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe I just kind of like, as I said, go with who's on my watch list for him the same price. It's 6.5. Maybe I go with Saka for the first uh, yeah, few yeah. weeks where they've got Brentford in game week one. Okay, well, they've got Chelsea and City. But maybe I go for, I don't know. Uh, Traore for Aston Villa maybe go with Bowen or Fernandes you know for Watford he's someone that I was kind of looking at he's there well Villa Brighton Wolves Norwich Newcastle Leeds all in seven of the first eight there's a Tottenham game drawn in but Watford do have a pretty decent run of fixtures for a promoted team you know it's like oh there's always going to be that risk of how do they respond I know that they've improved defensively and that's kind of what people are expecting from them and I also know that Sar is kind of you know essentially their talisman you know like they things will run through him but he's not a centre forward you know um, and will Watford we, score we remember him from a, we remember him from a couple of seasons yeah. ago right when um, he destroyed yeah, Liverpool and he was due to the league and he looked he looked really good in general anyway but hit and miss he's just got one of these wingers a bit mercurial mercurial um, he can look like a world beater on his day. He can be quiet then for a couple of weeks. Um, that's just the life of a winger, really. And as he gets, uh, you know, more experienced and more used to the Premier League, you're hoping he's going to score more and more goals, more and more assists, be more consistent. And that's what you want in FPL. So for his price, I have him on my uh, my watch list. Uh, is he six or six point five? He is. He's six. Like that's that's great. And like I have looked at their fixtures. I am. He's the only other Watford player on my team, apart from I have uh, double goalkeepers, Foster and Bachman. Um, that had been Sancho Sanchez. previously. Or Sanchez, excuse me, previously. Um, and whoever his subkeeper is, Button, I suppose. Um, I changed that because I don't like the look of how many um, injuries Brighton have had. Uh, I think even Sanchez himself had a bit of a knock or something the other day. I think he's come through. I think he's okay. But like Dunk is injured. You know, Veltman, I think, is or Webster or something like that. They're all kind of nursing it. Lamptey's still not back. I'm kind of, I was sort of wavering on them. So I said, you know what? Bachman Foster. I think it was a, a fantasy football scout article I read where it was talking about uh, how good they were since the new manager appointments, uh, you know, halfway through last season. So I'm like, okay, Watford, of the new promoted teams coming up, you know, Brentford for attackers, Watford for defenders. That's the way I've simplified it. It's in my head. I'm like, okay, maybe double keepers. I am, I'm a big fan of the 4.5 and 4.0 rotation. I just think Martinez is just, I think he's priced out of it for me. Although, if he got 186 points again, then he'd be worth it, wouldn't he? I don't know. That's the thing. Uh, I mean, like, obviously, if he did get 186 points, but I'll be honest with you. Like, that's one of the things that I'm prepping for this season is the big difference between home and away like basically just having fans back in the stadium and I do think that's going to make a difference this year and I think Villa are one of those teams that last season if they had had fans in the stadium be it home or away I think I don't know if they'd have kept as many clean sheets do you know the kind of way like I, I don't know I'm that's complete uh, speculation and I don't know like antidotal <laughs> as Chieftain would say but like um, I'm I just I'm looking for teams that I feel like last year overperformed defensively, and I think Villa were one of them. I yeah, don't I expect them to that be way, the same yeah. this year. And maybe that's my lazy man's excuses to go. Oh well, they had no fan. There was no fans in the stadium. But I don't know. I'm just like I'm not overly convinced by Villa this year. Like they have a def- decent enough um, run of fixtures. Like I'm all for them attacking wise. Um, they have Watford, Newcastle, Brentford in the first three. Like that's a really nice run of games. So if you're one of those managers who are looking to target the wild card after the first international break, um, and just hit the first three like hard and heavy, then Aston Villa are a team that you're gonna go in on. And I'm in on them with the likes of Watkins and. Bundia, who I think picked up a bit of a knock uh, and missed a match today, but in general, like he he was in a couple of my drafts. He uh, like I'm no problem with attacking wise, but defensively, four point five is probably as much as I'm willing to spend on a Villa asset right now. And target, unfortunately, is five million this year. Who as you know, they all are. 
They all are, yeah. I, well, I was just that was one question I was going to ask you because it was something I noticed, like when you're talking about who's got good opening fixtures. Villa definitely, as I said, the first three fixtures are great. I have Target in my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't notice, like, I didn't notice any in your team. I didn't even notice um, you mentioned Bundia and you mentioned uh, Watkins. They, they're not on your team. You know, you don't seem to have any Villa cover. So I was like, he mustn't like those fixtures. Or it does get very tough from game week four. Like as I'm as I'm looking at it, like. You know, from game week four, it's Chelsea away, Everton home, United away, Spurs away. So that's three tough away games there with a home game against Everton, which is not exactly ideal. The first three are good, though. That's why I think I'm happy to have a defender and then just find other, like, rotating defenders for game weeks four, five, and six, and seven, which is, I don't, I'm happier enough to just have target and not, um, hmm. and not what's his face, Martinez. Could could be a bit, could be a disastrous decision because like he did outscore him by like nearly fifty points last year. Yeah, I had two of them last year, so I've fond memories of both Target and Martin as I was kind of doubling up on the Villa uh, defensive uh, kind of thing. But again, they were both four point fives at that time. This year, I'm a bit more kind of wary of them. Um, there's another team that I wouldn't touch uh, at the moment, but I'm also kind of looking at maybe down the line, that's Crystal Palace in terms of budget clean sheets. It'll be interesting to see how Vieira kind of settles in as a manager, but they have a rotten run of opening fixtures, so we obviously won't spend too much time talking about them, but I suppose in my head I'm just kind of going, oh, there's a bunch of 4.5s that might start coming in you know, a couple of weeks later. Chelsea, yeah. Brentford, West Ham, Spurs, Liverpool, all in the first five. Like, I mean, obviously Brentford's tasty enough but that's a fucking nasty uh, <laughs> they're fixtures. they're definitely on my uh avoid list at least yeah. until we know more about them and the new manager could see how Vieira does but like this kind of ha- there's a stink of um what was your man Ronald Koeman no not Ronald Koeman who's the DeBoer. guy that got in DeBoer yeah. yeah um when they got in DeBoer as manager there's a stink of that off them I hope Vieira does well um but this could go south quickly yeah i think uh, everyone's kind of like because they have a tiny squad they have some good players though um so it'd be interesting and they, they signed um they sent that anderson guy with fulham now yeah, he looked pretty good, good in games he looks like a handy player but at the same time you know, he did get relegated last year now is he that good how many times have you seen players get relegated they pick up get picked up by a team battling relegation the following season and then they get relegated i'm thinking like like the philip billing and stuff like that who went you know uh, who's he with huddersfield then to bournemouth and just successive relegations um, yeah, this might be good for him. But, like, yeah, avoid Crystal Palace. I mean, certainly avoid Norwich. They've got yeah. a hard run against. They're playing Liverpool and Man City in the first two. Then it's Leicester and Arsenal. Like, just avoid them. And they um, kind of whip, I, that kind of whips away, you know, some budget options for for FPL managers. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. all of a sudden, I think Gaeta has 4.5. You know, that's that would be a nice 4.5 keeper to be considering. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, like Norwich, you know, you've got your 6 million Pookies, you've got Cantwell, and I'm sure there's a couple of other, you know, uh, assets that, you know, you could make use for budget-wise. But, you know, that's kind of the fun of it. It's like you get to keep an eye on them over the next three or four fixtures and go, okay, do you know what? They got smashed three out of four times, but this lad looked okay, and their fixtures are about to turn pretty smooth in game week five. Like, Norwich, for example, go from Liverpool City, Leicester, Arsenal, like, the you know, four of the fucking top six or seven teams in the league, and then they go Leeds, Watford, Wolves, Spurs. It's like, okay, it's, it's a bit more doable, but, or not, sorry, Watford, yeah. Everton, Burnley, Brighton. I was wondering, I was like, that's a shite run of fixtures. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah Watford, Everton, Burnley, crazy. Brighton is a far more kind of appetizing uh, bunch where you're going, all right, if this 4.5 defender has suddenly dropped down to a 4.3 or a 4.4, do you know, that's kind of what I look at after the first couple of weeks is like where, like Suchek last year, West Ham had a rotten run of fixtures. Now I know West Ham had a fantastic season, um, but like they did have, what, six or seven, five or six matches of just dirt at the yeah. start and they were getting fuck all they were getting no results against them and then but you could see Suchek was in and around where he needed to be I jumped on him as soon as the fixtures turned pretty and uh, yeah I mean yeah, almost I immediately be, yeah I didn't expect it to be as bountiful as it turned out to be but like that's just an example of kind of something that yeah. you can be looking at now but not you don't have to put them in your teams. You know? And maybe that's what you were saying about Rafina earlier. Maybe Rafina is totally undervalued and he will be a lock in our teams, but maybe you don't have to have him game week one. Personally, I have, I'm just mentioning Rafina. 
I have him in my team because I really like watching Leeds and I want a Leeds player in there. I don't want to put eight million in Bamford um, as one of my starting strikers when I think Calvert Lewin is better fixtures and Watkins is better fixtures. Antonio Wilson are, are slightly cheaper. Um, I think at a later stage in the season, maybe I'll just rock on to Bamford. But to start off with, I think, you know, Rafinha is a nice way to get into the Leeds action um, for those games, even if they are tough fixtures. No, um, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, it's kind of an interesting, it's an interesting way of looking at it. Like, I kind of like to, like, that was why he went straight into my team. Was like once I didn't have Rafina last year. I remember like we all had Bamford and Rafina kind of double double leads for a while, and then Leeds had a horrible run of fixtures towards the end. Rafina had picked up a knock, so it was very easy to come off of Rafina, but any time I watched a Leeds match and he started, which there was quite a few towards the end, I was like. I want that guy. It's like he's like the. It's kind of the same as having Trent in your team, uh, or not, as the case may be. You mm. watch a Liverpool match; it's a very different experience watching a Liverpool match when you don't have Alexander Arnold and when you do have him, because you had him, I believe, towards the end of the last season, and I didn't. I hadn't jumped on him yet. I think I was I was holding off on the wild card. You wild carded a couple of weeks before I did, and you had him straight in, and I just those three weeks of watching every thing from the right come from him was just you know it's unbearable and that's something like i'm not going through this year i'm like no i'll i'll, I'll start off with two um and hopefully you know they both deliver but it's the same i think for rafinha no yeah no it's the same as as rafinha there um other than that i would say teams to avoid that i kind of hear my kind of at the new managers not to avoid but want to watch wait and see so the new managers being like Spurs and Wolves. Um, yeah, look, Spurs could do really well, but their first game is against um, Man City. Uh, you know, it's not exactly what you want. They could beat Man City, but I still kind of want to see how Nuno has them playing. And likewise, I have no idea what to expect from Wolves. Wolves were a team to avoid the second half of last season. They were scoring no goals. They weren't exactly keeping clean sheets. Um, they weren't really proving. They had lots of injuries. The players coming back from injuries now, but they still, I think, have Neto and Pudence out. Yeah. Jimenez... Can he hit a ball? I don't know, <laughs> but like, I hope so. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be just giving it some time. I'm going to give it some time before I jump on those players, even though Wolves don't really have a bad run of fixtures or anything like that. I don't know what to do with Leicester. I don't know what to do with Leicester, but they have so many attacking options. So they've got Vardy and Ianacho up front. Or does that mean they're playing at two? Does that mean Barnes is going to be playing further on the left wing or left left midfield? Because he works better as a left winger when they play, you know, just Vardy up front or Inacho. Yeah. And they've got the new striker they've signed too, Damari Gray. Yeah, it's it's hard to figure out what way they're going to line up. And uh, no, they they sold Damari Gray. Actually, I, was just say, I think Damari Gray has gone to Everton now. Yeah. But, um No, no, you're right. Like I'm, I've got huge uh, questions over the Leicester. Uh, lineup and like in general like I can see by looking at your team you had Fafana in there and he was kind of a talking point over the last couple of weeks of you know since the release it's like 4.5 looks like a great up and coming centre back but our, our leads our Leicester are going to play with a 3 at the back a 2 at the back um, same with Inianacho 7.5 forwards Leicester's fixtures like they're pretty decent you know they've got Wolves West Ham Norwich City Brighton Burnley Crystal Palace I see a blue do you know like I, I would be happy to um, to, tar- to you know to jump on Leicester but the places where I want to are the ones that are kind of up for doubt so like Inianacho as you said do does he go back to a one at the top with Barnes on the left, whoever on the right. Uh, does he stick with what he had at the end of last season with uh, Inacho and Vardy? Does he maybe mm-hmm. drop Vardy a bit? Because like, he does eventually have to be dropped, no? You know, I'm not saying this is the year, but last year I thought his returns were pretty shit, and I'm expecting I think this to be the same. I think they're lining it up. They've got this new guy, Daka, Patson Daka, that they spent big money from on. Yeah. I'm not sure where he came from exactly, but he's meant to be really up and coming. He's 7.5 as well, so like you're not going to spurge on him. But like he's a forward, and if you've got, you know, I think long term, you're thinking him and Ianacho. But yeah, it's just the, I think Barnes for 7 million is someone I'd love to have on my team. I just can't be guaranteed what formation they're going to play. I think he will try and play the wing back uh, position a lot more. Uh, you know, keep that up again this year with like Evans. 
Fofana and Soyan Chu and but Evans is like that's the thing like Evans isn't even like he's a little bit of a doubt to be back by game week one he's, he's still got a bit oh, is he? of, yeah he's still got a bit of an injury oh well look I mean I my point being I think Fofana is going to be secured lots of minutes this year I think he's really good player he's up and coming I think if they don't play him other teams are going to go well we're just going to buy him off you yeah no I I'm think, with you I think Fofana is, is a good shout um, but I, what I will say to you and I I just wanted to get your opinion on the kind of that anti-Fafana argument of like, oh, his attacking returns are so weak. Uh, you know, did you, did you see that? Like, oh, his ceiling is six, and I'm like, yeah, but he's a four point five defensive option in one of the top six teams in the league. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Like, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that argument. Like that's actually been profligate. Like that's been spread out. Is like, and I like I know it might mean anything, but it's just. To me, I was licking my lips, and whenever I see something that's so counterintuitive, I'm always going, "Oh, like, am I way off the ball here? Like, is 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 he not great value?" So seeing you with him in the team is kind of like, "Okay, so he is he is worth something." I think the rotation has kept me off him for now, though. But I mean, he's at a price. I think. Fuck. I think if Target is worth 5.0, yeah. then Fafana is worth 5.0, and all those Leicester defenders should be worth 5.0. So the fact he's 4.5. Like that's that's a promoted team's uh, price, you know, for a team that have finished, uh, you know, as highly as they have they have done for the last two years. Yeah, I think I think that's like as I said, that's like the Rafina picking that. I think he's been underpriced. I think he's great value. I think huh. I get him in my team. So what I did there with my team is I just kind of picked. I think I have um, Robertson, and then my second defender is going to be either Shardinia. Now that could be also. Alexander Arnold, if I do some tinkering, but uh, I've kind of gotten like a seven million. I've got a five point five. Either Shaw or Dina. You know, it's Dina at the minute, but it was Shaw there for a while as well, mm. um, because United's fixtures. And then I have like Target, who's five, White, and Fofana, who are both four point five. Because whatever way I worked it out in my little spreadsheet, I was like, oh, I can get like one of those with a really good fixture each and every week. So like, if I'm playing like three four three or three five two, which is kind of what I'm intending to do. This works out really well um, without having spending too much in defense. Um, but then I've got to figure out, you know, how to distribute the funds in midfield and attack appropriately. That's the part of the puzzle I haven't yet figured out. The minute I've got like Hayden, I've, I've gone for a bit of punts actually with Havertz and Cavani. That's got my, not my set guys, not my, you know, reliable guys or cheap guys or value guys. These are kind of like, if I'm going to try and make moves, maybe Havertz could be a good option. Or maybe Cavani. Yeah, I mean, like, they're interesting shouts. Like, I think we'll get on to Cavani, but dealing with Havertz first, like, that shocked me. I was surprised because, yeah, uh, I think he is going to have a better season this year than he did last year. But, like, Chelsea have a nice opening fixture and then they have Arsenal and Liverpool. And I just don't want any of that. You know, away to Arsenal and away to Liverpool, at home to Villa and then away to Spurs and and at home to City. So City, Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal, all in the first six. I'm like, that's not going to yeah. That's not the time I want to be testing Havertz out. Because I feel True. like he'll probably play a bit more of a false line. I actually, saying it now, probably going to come back and bite me in the ass. But I think Werner, could, this could be like, you know, I have hopes for him. I think this year he could shut a lot of people up and, uh, you know, hopefully not kick the ball over the bar from a yard from goal. Um, so I, I have high hopes for him, but I think Havertz falls into that same category. Bit of a disappointing first season. Improved towards the end with, you know, Tuchel taking over. But yeah, I think two out of six, like it's a bit questionable for me. Yeah, well, it really improved towards the end. I mean, scored the winning goal in the Champions League final, lest we forget they're the Champions League winners. Um, okay. I think he's nailed down the, the centre-forward role. That's uh, what I was going to say. Do you think... Like, so, you can't... he's out of position. Yeah, yeah, okay, maybe. I mean, like, I still am in doubt. Like, I mean, maybe I don't have deserve to be, but I'm still like, is he a centre-forward? <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yeah, no, but that's seemingly the way it is. And that's, I think, what the, the lineup... It is... It's hard to go with Chelsea because you don't know what Tuchel's going to do or Tuchel's going to... Is it Tuchel or Tuchel? Let's get this right I think now. it's Tuchel. Start. Tommy Tux is what we call him here. Tuchel, yeah. I don't know what Tuchel's going to do. I'd like... They were so good defensively. 
second half last season since he came in we should have like two or three of their defenders in yeah. I haven't got any of them because like I said they're, they're tough fixtures so you can easily see them conceding a goal like the shitty goal in most of those games um, Yeah, and you don't know who's going to start you know you don't know what way they're going to line up are they going to come start with you know uh, three center backs and two wing backs again or are they going to change formation I think that's the, I think that's the based projected on, one is the three at the back and um I think they're still playing it in preseason, so I think that's why we're, they're looking at that. And look, it worked for them last year. So, uh, and it worked for them the last time they won the league with Conte, didn't it? They played that for that formation. Oh, I've, so, I've yeah, fully doubt. I fully expect to be heavily invested in Chelsea. Um, come anything after the you know the first like six seven, game weeks, seven, yeah, seven. <laughs> I'm like like that. I'm only looking at it now. This is kind of why I'm delighted to be doing the the show tonight. Is like. This is actually giving me some proper time to look at things. I'm like, oh, man, Chelsea have some fucking rotten opening fixtures. Do you know, like, from an FPL point of view, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised but they're if they're a Chelsea, good team. Yeah, no, 100%. And I would not be surprised if Chelsea won five out of those six matches. Do you know that kind of way? Like, they even are if they won team. four, out, even if they won three or four out of those six, but like they scored goals in them, you know, who could be yeah, good? Uh, and like, do you do you jump in? Center forward, yeah, Guy Havertz, the new center. Well, the other thing, the other thing I'm looking at there is because actually before that was Havertz, I had uh, Mount in my team yeah. in a lot of drafts because, um, as I said, with the tough fixtures there, you can kind of see in tougher fixtures maybe the breakthrough in a game, a tie game might come via set piece, and he takes a lot of those corners, etc. And uh, so I think Zuma's going, isn't he? Or is he already gone as part of that new defender they're bringing in? I don't know. Um, yeah, I think didn't they buy? Aren't they buying Kubale or someone like that? Or oh, Kunde? Kunde? I don't know. No, no, Kunde, the guy from um, Sevilla, is it? Um, they're buying him. I think Zuma's going out the other direction as a kind of part of a swap. Okay. Um, but like, you know, Zuma was like a, a monster from fucking scoring headers. Like, sco- yeah, scoring every fucking week. Are you kidding me? Do you know, like that yeah, was so that a lot of uh, that was a lot of Mount's attack returns there. But I think he's just going to be on set piece. I, I really like Mount anyway um, from an FPL point of view. So I think he'll continue to take over in this Chelsea team this year. So that could that Havertz could be Mount that frees up a million. Um, you know, maybe Cavani goes down to Watkins, who I'm really looking at. Um, I haven't really looked at Antonio West Ham too much. I don't really know why. And one of the players there that. Uh, Everyone seems to be talking about that. I don't have a completely overlooked my teams. Is Tony for Brentford? Yeah, have you looked at him? Yeah, no, no. He had. Like, I mean, like he's pretty much been in. He was in my first draft, and then I started kind of going with the whole ideology of like don't have opening or don't have players from promoted teams. And I was reading, I think it was Hindu Monkey, who I still owe a pint for jumping on the awards uh, show last year, but um, he was talking about for every, for every um, Brent Bamford, there is a Cameron Jerome or uh, some other obscure forward, David Nugent. And um, and I was thinking, but yeah, but the year before that, there was like Pookie and, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I agree with the overall sentiment, but, 6.5 no, Brent, when you look at the value heavy metal football I think is the three words that have been associated with Brentford is like which I'm already for I'm like okay heavy yeah, metal football you're all in on like if it remi- they said heavy metal you're all in yeah and if it reminds if it's anything like Blackpool which is, is what I'm kind of the, the closest comparison I'm hearing is you know and they were a team they were a fun team to get in on, on FPL I'm trying to remember anyone outside of Charlie Adam but uh, there was a couple, like, I can't remember who was up front. I feel like he used to play, like, he's been in a few teams, but whatever. Um, Don't put me on the spot, because I can't yeah, remember Yeah, I know, I wasn't sure. going to, but you'd, I guarantee you, if, we, if I found his name, you go, yeah, that fucking guy. Uh, but yeah, if, if it's like that, I'm kind of willing to take the punt. Also, like, last year, I went with didn't go with Bamford sickened I didn't do that you know it was because of this logic this you know promoted team stay away from him I was like no no we'll wait and see how Bamford settles and he fucking settles like uh, you know he's been there his whole life and um, this year I don't know I'm thinking like I like looking at your team you have Obafemi and he's just a 4.5 Holden on this draft he's just a 4.5 Holden kind of striker and I you know part of me is thinking to myself I can just jump off of a 6.5 Tony 
people are like, oh, where do you go from? Where do you go from a 6.5? Like, there's nowhere to go after that if you don't have any money. Well, you can go down. You can turn him You're to down. your 4.5 and turn your def- your shitty defender into an actual viable asset. And there is enough of them this season. You know, there's plenty of five five 5.5 defenders that I'm like... Yeah, I've no problem paying five point five for that guy. He's pretty fucking attacking. But yeah, what I've noticed the last couple of seasons, sure, is that the strikers usually start off the season really well. Mm. Um, so like the likes of you know Calvert Lewin, Bamford, Pookie, um, all the cheap strikers, Wilson, they all start kind of getting in some in amongst the goals at the very start of the season. You're like, oh, Jesus, loads of goals here, and then it kind of dries out, and you're like, Jesus, all these guys are on for like twenty goal seasons, but then yeah. sure they never end up that way. They all end up with like. 15, 13 to 15 goals or whatever. Um, because it dries up as the season goes on with fatigue. But they're sharp at the start. Defences aren't as tight. It takes a while for the defences to get up to speed. So there's not too as many clean sheets as you kind of expect. And there's more goals for the strikers, not just in general, but just for the strikers, I think. Um, so I always start off with like two cheap or mid-priced strikers. So I think last year I started off with... Oh, I don't know. I started off with like King and... Wilson won the season with Bournemouth, you know, I think. And I think... Oh, look at you smiling. It's been so long since I saw you smile. Ah, so but it's... I think it's a mistake. I think I actually... What I, what I made... A decision I made pre-season was like, okay, I'm going to put in three decent strikers. And whichever striker isn't firing or doesn't look like he's firing, whatever team doesn't look like it's performing well, get rid of that guy. Say, say I get in uh, Calvert-Lewin and Everton looks shite mm. because like, okay, Benitez hasn't got him playing the way he needs They're to. They're just not scoring. Two or three <laughs> games. Yeah, it just could take two or three games. You look nowhere near it. They're totally played off the park. Then I can go, right, well, look, he's 8 million. I'm going to move him to move him to Tony then or I can move him to Antonio, mm. whoever, whichever striker I don't go with, you know. Um, and it's easy to move around. So that's what I'm kind of thinking and that means not having... You know, a four like playing differently than what I usually do, where I usually have at least one 4.5 million striker mm. and a 4.5 million midfielder. Um, so and you usually, teams, just for what it's worth, you usually have a cannon fodder defender, which you don't have this season. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not doing that this year, so I'm trying to. What would you What would you have? You'd have three 4.5s, that'd be 13.5. You'd normally have 17.5. Uh, you know, with your four million de- keep subkeeper, your four million defender, and two point four four point five midfielders and forwards. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm trying to spend a bit more on it this year, but it just means I'm gonna have to sacrifice. So, like the likes of Havertz could be, could be Mount. Um, could even be like someone like Buendia. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's how you you budgeted it. So I. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm gonna go with three three playing strikers though. Yeah, that's that's my plan. I know I have. What's his face? I know I have Obafemi in there at the minute, but looking at that, that's kind of setting off an alarm bell in my head where I'm going, you said, Seamus, that you're not going to do that this year. I'm going to try it differently. But I, like, I'm going to keep Salah and Fernandez. Maybe I take out Rafina. You've kind of talked me up to maybe Rafina isn't as nailed as I need to. Maybe I can just come on to him and give me four or five. Yeah, see, that's where I'm lying with it. But he's still in my team as well. Though. But I'm just like, then would you rather be looking at him than for him? Do you know that kind of way? It's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, like like I was with Tony, I think Tony's going to have a great season. I think Rafinha's going to have a great season. But are they going to have a great game weeks one to three? Which is all I'm per- concerned about right now. Yeah, so, well, I suppose that kind of brings us on to our closing topic is, you know, what are you thinking at wildcard-wise? What's your approach for the wildcard? I'm going to approach it like I don't need to use it. I'm going to keep it till, you know, game week 10... 15, 18, whatever's you know, the latest that, I can use it. Um, is that different unless, from last year? Sorry, just to, to jump in there. No, last year I kind of made the decision I'll probably wildcard early. Um, so it is different. Probably wildcard some, somewhere. Yeah, it is different. Last year I was like, I'm going to try and wildcard, you know, somewhere between game week three and eight, kind of get on top of the prices. But this uh, this year I think just going to take points. It's, I need to be more aggressive with points. It's, I didn't do it last year. I try. Try not to spend too much on points. This year, if I need player, I want to get players in, I'm not going to worry about the minus fours, especially in the first five, six game weeks. This is where pricing goes up so much. I'm going to try and make more early transfers this year. I think if I identify a player I want on a Sunday and it looks like they're going up on a Monday, then I might just do it that night as long as they haven't got, as long as they haven't got a fixture, a Champions League fixture, but I'm not going to wait around. You know, I'm just going to take, like, hey, that'll bite you in the ass once once a season or twice a season or something like that a couple of times if you're unlucky but generally 
you get away with that. So I'm just going to just try and get more value in my team early, early doors if I can. I get you. No, it's interesting because like that, that wildcard approach, I'm seeing that bandied about the place as well. Um, you know, target the first three wildcards. After game week, you know, three get in the international fixture. If you look at like, I think game week eight, it's a, you know, there's another kind of fixture swing there. I mean, look, it makes sense. I'm with you though. Like that's my always been my approach. It's uh, I will wildcard wildcard when I need to wildcard. I don't. I want to build my team so that I don't wildcard. That I don't need to wildcard. And if like I understand the whole going in heavy and allowing, but I, I don't know. Like I think the wildcard has just worked a lot more than than that. Do you know? Like if you're going, it is. Yeah. And if you can, if you can kind of get your team to where you need it to be with a minus eight, uh, or a minus eight one week and a minus four the next week or something like that, then maybe just do that and save your wild card for when it may be required. Uh, like as you said, it's the most important chip. And last year was the first year I kind of said, look, I'll probably use it early doors because I hadn't used it early doors in a few seasons, and I know it does. It can make a huge impact if you use it, you know, in the earlier few weeks, especially with team value. But last year I did that. It made no difference. I didn't use my wildcard well. And then I had no wildcard to bail me out of a bad situation. So it's, I think, having it, just the mere fact of having it, um, allows me to play my game better because I kind of know I have this get out of jail free card. Yeah. So I can kind of do this. I can make the moves I want to make. I can kind of go, right, uh, let's be a bit risky here. And look, sure, if it doesn't work out, I've got to get out of jail free yeah. cards. I mean, you, you, know? you, you and, do uh, a couple of risks and then all of a sudden. Uh, you get a couple of injuries on top of it, and I'll, your team is just—it's just a fucking—it's a—it's a fire. It's on fire. Do you know, I've been there. You've been there. It's like, oh, with that wild card, like I—I'm with you. I think it's my get out of jail free card. It's like Grant. I will approach this as if I know everything, and I will be a hundred percent right in every single thing I do. And if I'm wrong, I have a fucking wild card. You know, it's like uh, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's kind of the same as. I think last year, I, like we or maybe even the year before, we spoke about like what's what's your objective? You know, like what do you want to achieve this year in FPL? Just I'll ask you again, like what is it, Shams? What do I achieve yeah, this what's year? What's your target? Uh, it'd be great to win FPL finally. Go. Playing it like 13, 14 years or whatever it is now, and I still haven't won it. Feel like expectations are you know it's a lot of expectations yeah. for me to do well the longer this year. you leave it without win winning the... it the more embarrassing it's going to be do you know the less valuable it'll be we yeah. eventually win it. i'm the same you know i think we're getting a bit too long in the tooth to uh to to not have a tight a victory under our belt but i do you have your um your trophy from our mini league this with you at the minute uh not with me i actually don't know where it is that's worrying oh. Um, no I do not have it with me but uh, I'll find it it's probably at summer I think I left it outside because I was reorganizing the shelves today so anyone who's watching on YouTube like subscribe um, you'll see a, a slight reworking of the, the background and hopefully I can improve on that but I think um, we've run our course with uh, tonight's show Seamus it felt good it felt loosey goosey um, maybe that's not so good for the listener but it's fucking good for me so yeah I'm with you no, it felt good. It felt good. I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I was listening. I genuinely was kind of getting lost in in a lot of what you were saying there in terms of, oh, that's actually not something I've thought about, and you know, like Cavani, like tonight. I know we didn't even talk about Cavani much, but he's <laughs> someone that was looking at your team, and I was like, yeah, that's someone I was looking at early. That if I'm punting, if I want a couple of slight kind of differentials. He's someone that it's very easy to change my mind on. Do you get me? Like, very easy to go to someone yeah. else if he's not working. If you can make that... Because I've had 0.5 left over a couple of times this season. Depending on what I do with fifth spots. Like, do I go two, four, four, two 4.5 midfielders? Likes of Brownhill and Gilmore are looking pretty appetizing. I think they'll get, like, 90 minutes, which is all you want. Um, and it's the same with the defenders. If I wanted, like, there was a couple of times, like, I have 0.5 here. I can put that 0.5 into the likes of a Cavani. And if, I, if I'm if i wrong, mm. say Calvert-Lewin does fucking 
start every, like Benitez just gets it right with everything he takes up from where Ancelotti left yeah. off and DCL just continues I can just drop down to Cavani or drop Cavani down to him because I'd only be looking at Cavani for maybe two or three weeks like till the Champions League kicks in because that's when I don't want any of that I think after that he's he's done that's that's the risk, isn't it? People are worried that, like, oh, he's going to get rotated and have his minutes managed because he's old. But he's not old. He's younger than me, so he can't no, be he's that. Pretty old, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he's he's old in football terms. But I mean, like, they they have a week between all their games for the first four game weeks. Okay, then they've obviously got the international break and what whatever. But I think there's there's plenty of time. Like Leeds, we know Leeds can concede lots of goals. You know, United scored lots of goals against them last season. Um, but the question you've got, is just well around it because I meant to say it a while ago. Do you think United keep a clean sheet in game week one? Keep a clean sheet? I don't know. If you remember, Leeds I don't... also get very tight as well in the against the top six. Yeah, yeah, they got they got very they got very tight. So that's a hard game to predict. That's why I know um, what I was saying at the top of the show. I I don't think so. I can see that game being four three, same as last year. I don't think it's going to be four three. I think was last year. Six, well, I meant to the Liverpool like the opening Liverpool against Leeds fixture oh. four three, wasn't it? But I think Leeds um, were coming at that like a fucking, like a bunch of lunatics. Yeah, they were new yeah. to the league. I think they were a bit more. <laughs> and like, I'm delighted. Uh, it was a great was... match to watch, but I'm, I don't think that's how Bielsa's approaching. But maybe first game. No, I think season, it'll be tighter. Like Bielsa's like, okay, you know, I don't know. It is a way as well. It's Old Trafford, so. It'll be, it'll be 2-1 United. It'll be 2-1 Ooh, United. Yeah, it's right. weird because my gut says high scoring, um, but like my head says that could actually yeah. be small. Uh, normal scoring thing. but then like after that Southampton away Wolves away Newcastle fantastic games like people are saying like oh you know they've got, they've got tough games coming up and maybe I'll get them in after a while you know I'm worried about the Champions League but like, Champions League's not for ages so get it for the first four those are nice, four nice games by game week four the dude could have five or six goals yeah. you know and then everyone's scrambling for him you know but then again maybe not this is all speculation this is the game isn't it I, I just think you know he is you know, he's he's a decent price. He's 8.5 for a player. Like, would you rather spend 8 million for an Everton forward or 8.5 for a United forward? United score more goals. I show just became the Cavani show by the end of us. Even though, like, I was, like, wrapping up. I'm like, no, no, no. Neither of us talked about him, but we'll get yeah. back to no. him. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Blending I would rather. Players. Like, but we're United fans, so what the fuck? We can't say. We're going, yeah, United are going to could score goals. And I don't know. I'm like. Yeah, we're totally. We're totally yeah, I totally understand yeah. that. Uh, so. Yeah, but he is a lot of money. Like in a sense that I'm like, oh, only pay a small bit more for him. But like, you could go down a million and get Watkins. Watkins could do the equivalent. But I will say this: like, I was looking at his minutes. I'm surprised he had 99 points last year. You know, he's got 10 goals for us. He's going to play 1300 minutes. Like, so what's that the equivalent of? Like, 15 games. He's got 10 goals, four assists, yeah. 100 points. Like, brilliant points per minute. 14 bonus points. Did, yeah, I think the only I, like, issue I with Cavani is the minutes and. I'm with you. I don't really see that being an issue for the start of the season. I think, like, uh, until the Champions League comes in, when Ali might be, like, you know, easily able to pacify someone like Cavani with, yeah, I'm not playing you this week against Villa. I'm playing you against, you know, X, Y, and Z in the Champions League. So a lot easier to kind of manage manage a dressing room that way that's that's my approach to it but it's all it's all armchair managing uh we'll know we'll know more as the season progresses but as it stands now you've heard it here first folks Cavani he's the must-have striker this year in the FPL uh I think we'll wrap it up there Seamus um I don't have a whole lot more to say I suppose next week I'll have to have those spiel ready and the whole X, Y, and Z. I suppose I could say subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would help us. Um, leave a review, like, share, all of the usual uh, bullshit. Get your fucking, you know, <laughs> long lost relatives to do the same thing. You know, you know, you know the drill. You know the drill. Um, Seamus, where can people find us at, though? Oh, we're on the yeah, internet. I'm glad uh, you remembered. Yeah. No, I can't actually. I've kind of a bit unprepared for this because it's been so long since I've done it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter mainly, I guess, at FPL Hangover. Um, I'm at FPL Drunk if you want to follow me, but follow the pod, certainly. Uh, we're also on YouTube. You'll find our channel, FPL Hangover uh, Podcast, so look for that. Like, rate, and review. Subscribe so you can get alerts to our weekly mm-hmm. podcasts. Um, we're on all the good platforms as well, so we're still on Spotify. We're on Apple Music, uh, not Apple Music, but Apple Podcasts. Uh, all the big ones, Pod- Podbean, all these fucking things, I don't know. 
Anchor. All there the ones. Go. All the stuff. stuff. Everyone knows it by now. If you've listened to one podcast, you've listened to a fucking thousand. That doesn't mean it's any less important for you to do it. So, you know, come on. Especially if you... If you... Yeah, but the best thing you can do is subscribe to these things because, I mean, surprising the amount of people that don't subscribe and they don't get a notification that new episodes out. Like, I mean... If you don't get the notification, you'll you miss an episode and are, how will you, you know insightful. How would you advice. keep up with the continuity of the show if you're missing weekly episodes? That's there'd be in jokes going right over your head. I'm with you, but it was nice to have uh, you bait out the contact details once again. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there, folks. We will be back next week. We'll do a game week one preview. Should be a little bit more professional, you know. We'll uh, we'll get some we'll get some sage advice ready. Um, Seamus, you want to say goodnight to anyone? Uh, no, just best of luck this upcoming season, guys. Uh, I think I should be here next week as well. Um, I may not be here every week. It's going to be child-dependent, family-dependent, uh, family but I'll always try and get here. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we might have someone else on with us as well. Can make it a three-man yeah, show. We're, we're going to fuck around. It's going to be some interesting, yeah. interesting shit going on this year. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to saying may your hours be green because when I used to say that, I used to do well in FPL. Last year, I stopped saying it, and then I started doing terrible. So, may your hours be green, guys. Damn right, Seamus. And uh, it doesn't make much sense this week because obviously, no one's hours are going to be anything between now and next week's episode. So, I hope you. Well, that'll be that'll be gray arrows because it's the yeah, first exactly. game week, isn't it? So, so it's just I'll cut all this from the show. Don't worry about it. This will 100 will not make the final final edit. Um, but you've got your RSB green and I got my God bless. So I'll uh, see you next week, everyone. <laughs>